You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. I'm back. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest, Martin Kroenke. Hello. Well, thank you for coming. Today's special guest is brought to you by the Sim Lab Racing Sim Products. Sim Lab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. And Martin, uh, thanks for coming on uh, today. Uh, this podcast has been around for several years, and we've talked about you uh, racing in the World Championship uh, uh, for several years now. So we've uh, been anxious to get you on the show, and and uh, let's get to learn a, a little bit about you. Um, when did you first hear about iRacing, and how did you initially hear about it, and what did you do about it? Uh, initially, I think I heard about it in late 2008 already in a German sim racing forum and one of the administrators of that forum actually was one of the uh, probably earliest customers of iRacing I think was also involved in the in the beta program actually launched um, but at the time I didn't really commit to do it because it seemed a little bit expensive uh, at the time I was the equivalent to high, of high school and uh, yeah at that time I it didn't really hook me up all that much. It was also not all that much content at the time. And I really got started in pretty much around Christmas in 2010 when a friend of mine sort of persuaded me to create an account for another five bucks or whatever. And uh, yeah, since then I was hooked. Okay, very good. Uh, now we know you're running in the uh, Porsche Esports Super Cup. Uh, but what else are you running? Uh, are you just uh, practicing a lot for Porsche? Or are you doing other series? Uh, what are you running these days? Uh, pretty much the Porsche Esports uh, Super Cup exclusively. Uh, the rest of my sort of driving time is either spent on data packs for Virtual Racing School or just practice for whichever race is coming up, whether it's uh, the Porsche Esports Super Cup race or some sort of special event. Okay. Tell us about your hardware setup. Uh, what are you using for wheels, pedals, monitors or VR, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the steering wheel used to be a Leo Bodnar Sim Steering V1, just like Mitchell has, uh, the older version of the wheel. But that has been pretty much replaced since January on a on a permanent basis uh, with the VRS Direct Force Pro wheel. Uh, mine's one of the earlier prototypes, but uh, I think software-wise and hardware-wise, it's pretty close to the production unit that is about to be out. Uh, pedals are housing the Ultimates. Uh, the good stuff, although uh, that has a brake pedal already replaced with a prototype of the VRS brake. And uh, other than that, yeah, just uh, aluminium rig and triple monitors, uh, 1440p monitors, 144 hertz, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, and what kind of cockpit is all that stuff uh, bolted onto? Uh, that's a cockpit made by Track Time, uh, the sort of uh, the company is run by, or was run by, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, it's just a, a aluminium profile uh, rig bolted together. It's uh, it looks a little bit different than the Heusingfeld rig, for example, but uh, functionally it's pretty much the same. Okay. 
Now the the wheel, uh, the Leo Bodner wheel is widely thought of as one of the best direct drive wheels out there. And uh, for you to compare that VRS new uh, VRS direct drive wheel to it is saying a lot, obviously. Um, so you think that wheel is going to be good? Do you have any idea when it's going to be for sale? Um, to be honest, I have no idea when it is going to be for sale. Uh, there are uh, a couple of hurdles that are still be taken, uh, mostly, uh, I think, certification stuff. Uh, but uh, I can't give any date. I am not really in the loop when it's going to be released. But uh, so far, I think it's pretty much on par with uh, the other high-end direct drives out there, whether that's uh, Simicube or Bodna or whichever product you look at. I think it's hard to distinguish those. They are pretty much all on the same level. Right. And then I'll, I guess I'll ask the same thing about the brake. I mean, the, uh, the Heiskenveld Ultimate is also considered one of the best brakes out there. And you said you've been testing the new VRS brake. I mean, how do those compare? Um, they're relatively similar in terms of force level and whatnot. Uh, the one, I think, probably the biggest benefit the VRS brake has over the HEs is uh, the fact that the bearings are a little bit better, in my opinion. There's a little bit less uh, lateral sort of play in, in the pedal. And the other thing is that there's lots of a, I think it's called slipstick effect in English. I'm not exactly sure whether that is the correct terminology, but um, that metal rod of the origin bed pedals, I can sometimes stick a little bit to those, uh, to that rubber stack. And the initial breakaway uh, force is a little bit higher than the normal sliding force of that rod inside this rubber stack thingy. And uh, that problem is, uh, I'd almost say non-existent on the on the VRS brake. Uh, if it exists, then it's so small that at least I personally can't notice it. Well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, we've heard a lot of good things about the VRS uh, product from the people who've uh, been able to test it that are involved with VRS. So good to hear about that. Let's shift gears. Before we talk about Porsche this year, uh, let's talk about the past a little bit. Uh, Three-time world champ. I mean, 2018, you, you were back-to-back -back there. Uh, very exciting in the Formula One car. And I'll tell you why. Because when I first started watching the Formula One uh, series that you guys were running in, you know, it was always about Gregor Hutu. And he was very dominant. And he was hard to beat. And um, and I was always like, okay, who's going to step up? And who's going to, you know, challenge and, and take this from him? And it ended up being you, Martin. And so uh, I just want to say congratulations. Uh, you really did step up when that, in that car, in that particular car, and got the got it done and had a really good year last year. Uh, what was it, six wins, I believe? Uh, last year, I don't exactly remember. I think it was some, something around six. Yeah. So tell us about the transition uh, from the F1 car to the Porsche car. Were you surprised by that when it all went down? And, and, and what did you think about your chances after the, the car changed? Uh, do you think it was going to hinder you or help? Uh, well, I was pretty surprised when I heard about it. It came kind of out of the blue, especially with sort of the rumor mill uh, beforehand, uh, where rumors were on the on the forums, oh, there's going to be another high downforce car. Maybe the World Championship is going to be hosted with a Formula Renault 35 or maybe with another secret car that is not announced yet. Uh, I think at the time, even the Formula Renault 35 wasn't announced yet, so uh, it could have been sort of a 2017 F1 car or something, some newer generation car, uh, who knows. 
and having the news then uh, i think in early december uh that it's going to be the porsche was uh surprising to me uh whether or not it would hinder me um that, that's hard to tell you never really know beforehand but uh i typically drive high downforce cars so moving from a uh sort of close to thousand horsepower 700 kilo car with a lot of downforce to a car that has pretty much half the power double the weight and in comparison, practically no downfalls. It, it was challenging to to adjust to that, and I still think that I haven't really adjusted all the way to that. But hey, right. Well, let's talk about uh, your run this year. Um, I looked up your finishes. I'm going to read them off here. You had 34th, first Mid Ohio, 18th, fifth, seventh, eighth, sixth, 24th, and running seventh in points. So tell us about your outlook this year. Uh, I mean, you have that one win, um, and you're sitting seventh in points. Uh, how have you had to adjust your goals, and what are you looking for as you roll out the end of the year here? Well, for the end of the year, I think a top five would be nice. Uh, whether that's achievable or not is, depends on how the races go. You never really know how these go. I mean, if you uh, results you just read out, uh, they can fluctuate quite a lot. Uh, 34th in the first race, and then uh, overall win in the second one. Uh, that pretty much shows how up and down it can go in in that series and i think the target is for me realistically to maybe get back into the top five that's a 70 point gap or so right now to p5 uh that can be uh closed down i think if people have one not so great race and i have a good one then that gap is already closed down but um yeah, realistically, anything higher than top five is pretty much out of reach for now. And yeah, just trying to get solid results for now, and then we'll see that where I end up. Now, the, I think the good news is you're high enough in the order, the, the pecking order here, that Porsche, it looks like they're going to be inviting you uh, to some of their events here over the next couple months. I think we talked about that last week. Uh, tell us, are, are you going to be traveling to those events or...? Uh, as it stands, yeah, there is an event at the Frankfurt Auto Show, uh, I think on the 21st of September, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'll be going there, for sure. Uh, other than that, I'm not really uh, informed about any other events. So, um, yeah, whether I will go to any other event, I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know about any event. <laughs> well, I think it was a Sim Expo, and then it was the, uh, I don't know, Will, do you remember what we talked about? No. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look uh, it up. Expo uh, is something where I'm not really involved with the competition. I will be there, but I think only on uh, the Thursday, which is actually not really a day for the uh, actual event. It's just probably uh, preparation and building booths and whatnot. But I plan to go there just to meet my teammates because pretty much everyone is there. And uh, if everyone, even the guys from Australia and the, and the United States uh, are over there, uh, it would be would be a shame to miss the opportunity to meet them in person. Uh, I'll I'll go there on Thursday, but I'll probably not be uh, there on the actual event date. Right, go see Josh and everybody. So let's talk about that. We've talked to some of your teammates on Coanda Simsport. From what I looked at when I look up this team, it seems like you've been around that team uh, from the get go. And uh, so tell us about the team and what your involvement is and that kind of thing. Uh, well, in terms of involvement, I've been one of the founding members back in uh, 2014, in August, when essentially we've transitioned. Essentially, the core group that was founding the, the team was uh, part of uh, my 3 back in the day, the 2010 to sort of time frame. 
Uh, and currently, my involvement is pretty much uh, just as a driver. I'm uh, particularly involved anymore with management and whatnot. I did that until 2017, I think, end of 2017. I was a member of the, the board of the team, but I've uh, had other commitments. Sort of late 2017, I stepped down from that role, and since then, I'm just there as a driver. Okay, very good. Um, let's shift gears. Uh... What are you doing, if anything, with real-life racing? Uh, we know you're doing the sim racing, but have you had any opportunities to do real-life stuff? Um, not really, at least not in terms of racing. Um, I had the opportunity to test a Formula Abarth car in 2011 as a sort of prize for finishing in the top three in the Ferrari Virtual Academy, which is essentially a derivative of, at the time, Netcar Pro, the sort of uh, predecessor of Asset Ocosa was developed by the by the same group, Kunos. And um, yeah, the top three in the worldwide ranking and the top two in the Italian ranking got invited to do essentially a full weekend at uh, Ferrari at Maranello, uh, do a day of simulator uh, training in the uh, simulator facility in Modena. And then uh, on Sunday, everyone could get a go, I don't know, I think like 30 minutes or so of uh, in the Formula Abarth car on the Fiorano test track. That was pretty much the only thing that I have had to do with a, with a real race car. But that was obviously just about fun and getting the experience and uh, know how that feels like, but there was no sort of racing or uh, goal that you need to hit a certain lap time or something. Just enjoy the moment. And That is a pretty neat opportunity with Ferrari, though. That is uh, something else. Yeah, that was pretty exciting at the time. <laughs> All right. I was looking at your uh, iRacing stats page. Uh, I always mention it of every guest. Uh, your official winning percentage in road, 35%. Oval, 35%. I don't think I've ever seen it where it's the same for both oval and road, but that is interesting. It's actually something I didn't realize. Um, I've never really paid attention to the stats all that much, but uh, I'm surprised that I have... Uh, Sort of this high of a winning percentage in oval, I would have thought it's way less. Well, obviously you're a, a road guy, uh, but your your I rating in oval is three thousand sixty three, so that's not too bad. That's just a little bit above where I'm at. Your road I rating ninety five ninety nine. Now that's pretty dang high. There's not too many people above you. Uh, there's probably just maybe five or six above that. I don't know. Uh, probably around that. Yeah, it could be maybe even. 10 or so by now. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's keep going. I had a, we had a social media question from a listener. It was Joe Hanson Gates. He asked, I'd like to hear if Martin, what, if he wasn't racing or involved with iRacing, what would you be doing? What type of career did you envision having when you were younger? Uh, well, when I was younger, I was always aspiring to, <laughs> to become a race driver of one sort or another. Uh, Unfortunately, that uh, didn't turn out because I just never really got started with carding and whatnot. And uh, what I do nowadays is uh, electrical engineering. I studied electrical engineering at the at university. I'm now doing a master's in electric mobility, uh, which is, is essentially the same thing, just more focused on getting people from point A to point B using electricity. And uh, yeah, going to be some sort of engineering all right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show, Martin, and telling us about your uh, iRacing. It, like I said, it's always been a pleasure to watch you race. Uh, I, you know, last year I think it was uh, Texas, the Cota race. I think you won, and but 
uh, that, yeah, it was always fun to watch, and you, you, you uh, take it to Hutu. And then this year in the Porsche, I, I think there's a lot more people in the mix uh, because of the car change. But uh, it's been a very interesting year this year as well. Uh, you guys are putting on a heck of a show. So uh, tell us how um, people can follow you on social media. Do you do a Twitch channel or anything like that uh, or post? Um, well, I don't really do all that much social media, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, I have about 10 posts or so on Twitter over a time span of 10 years or so. So <laughs> not particularly active, unfortunately. Uh, I do have a Twitch channel, actually, but I pretty much never stream. I just uh, use it for mod purposes on other streams. <laughs> uh, but uh, should I ever stream, uh, it's Kwanda underline M uh, Krünke, just uh, like my Twitch handle. Uh, just the Twitch channel is without the Kwanda underscore thingy, but um, yeah, uh, don't expect any uh, yeah frequent content on any of the platforms. I'm not really doing all that much, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the best way to keep up with you is maybe just follow the team, but uh, they, they do post a lot of stuff and uh, the Kwanda Sim Sport. But uh, very good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's get into topics uh, next. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, we do sponsor. The Podium Esports Oval Series League that runs multi-class Xfinity and trucks on the same track at the same time. This week was 250 at Iowa with Seth Hatchell winning the Xfinity and Keith Mayeto winning the C-Class trucks. Next race is Auto Club. And then Podium Esports is offering the Southern 500. They are offering $500 to win that race. It's a special event. Uh, check them out at their podiumesports.com to get signed up. But uh, qualifying is August 26th. Heat race is the 27th through the 29th. And the green flag will be Labor Day, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, they're going to have other prizes. Dinner for two at Medieval Times. Four tickets to Gatorland in Orlando. And two tickets to the Royal Park Suites Hotel in Orlando. So you can uh, get dinner uh, Gatorland and Hotel in Orlando as part of the prizes. Pretty cool. Okay, next let's talk Peak. Uh, they ran Bristol. Casey Kerwin beat Zach Novak in a late pass to cap off an exciting race. Late tra lap traffic, namely Dylan Duvall, played a huge role in Kerwin getting the lead from Novak. It was similar to kind of like Newman and uh, Matthew Benedetto this week. Uh, when uh, Matt, uh, you know, kind of got pinned behind uh, tra traffic and whatnot. Uh, same thing, Dylan Duvall was staying on the high lane, and that's where Zach was running. And uh, he kind of got pinned behind him, and Casey uh, obviously beat him out there. But it was a great side-by-side -side race there for the lead there at the end for those guys for a while. But uh, pretty pretty good event. Uh, Ryan Michael Luza, I think, did not start, and I don't know why. I haven't figured that out. I don't know if it was a penalty or he had a personal reason or what, but he missed it, and that put him out of the uh, regular season cha uh, championship uh, points. And I, I do believe that uh, Blake Reynolds ended up with that. Uh, another neat video at the end uh, that ended up on NASCAR.com um, was Casey Kerwin's reaction video when he won the when he took the checkered flag what did you guys think when you saw that it was good to see uh a different winner for that uh i missed the ending but uh it was a good race up to that point so 
I would. I can't believe uh, it's probably the same reaction that we have when we win, right? Yeah, screaming, hollering, and then he takes his wheel off. It's a quick disconnect wheel, and he's like pumping it up in the air and all that, you know. I was I was at work during the race and uh, was trying not to get any spoilers and accidentally caught it on Reddit that he won. And the first thing I did was go straight to Twitch to watch his reaction because I know he streams and it was going to be a good one. So I understand that uh, Casey works for Ryan Lowe in some way on Ryan's legend car. So they, they're like on a team together. And so... Kind of neat to see them racing for the win and then Casey getting his first win. Remember, Casey runs World of Outlaws, too, as well as Peak. But, I would, uh, yeah, I would say ahead. he's probably the perfect driver to represent Clint Boyer racing. Just his uh, his personality and his stream and the energy he brings. It's uh, I think it's really cool that uh, NASCAR and iRacing are promoting these guys' streams and clips of this stuff to get the drivers out there as well because... I'm a fan uh, just from what he's done in World of Outlaws and the excitement he brings is uh, fun to watch. That's a pretty good reaction. I like how he put, took the wheel off now that I've seen it. But, uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there, Will. He he seems like his personality, you know, he shows he shows his passion by, you know, you know who thinks of that right at the moment there to take your wheel off? I've, I've kind of thought about doing it, but when you get a win, it's like, you know, so many things are going through your mind, and I couldn't imagine at the level they're racing. Yeah, and the intensity on his face before the checker, you know, to make sure he gets there uh, was priceless. Uh, points are now set for the playoffs. Uh, if you go to enascar.com slash standings, I'll read them off. It's Ryan Luza, Zach Novak, Keegan Leahy, Bobby Zielinski, Jimmy Mullis, Garrett Lowe, Michael Conti, Blake Reynolds are the top eight that made it. So apparently uh, they'll whittle it down to four, and then those four will run at Homestead. The next race is Darlington this next week. Uh, so they are uh, normally they're on a two-week cycle, but for some reason they're go they're going to go back-to-back weeks here. So they only have the seven days to prepare for Darlington. Are they doing that because of the build possibility week? Because it's I, it Indy must week. be. It has something to do with something like that, but I don't know. It also gets the new package at Darlington. Um, before the Cup Series gets there to kind of show it off, I think it's kind of like a kind of a two birds with one stone. There we miss the build, and they also get it ahead of time because this is like I think one of the first times we've gotten the peak race after the Cup race at Bristol. Right. Okay. Let's talk World of Outlaws. Will. Yeah. So we had a World of Outlaw race this Monday in the Morton Buildings Late Models, and Blake Majulis uh, picked up his second win of the season. Um, Last week, Alex Bergeron broke the streak of different winners, and Blake Majulis picked up his second win. Um, but it was a, it was an interesting race. There was some contact. Um, championships point leader uh, Kendall Tucker uh, was in an incident on one of the early restarts and got taken out. Um, Alex Bergeron was caught up in that wreck as well. Uh, fortunately, they they didn't add it to the recap video. It pretty much jumps straight from lap two to lap twelve and. Uh, Tucker was up there leading, and next thing you know, it comes back, and he's not there. So if you didn't catch it live, you wouldn't have. You would have just wondered what was happening. So if you want to go back and see what happened, you got to watch the original uh, broadcast. But yeah, that kind of shuffled up the championship a little bit. Matulis actually now picks up the lead. He looks like he's just about nine points ahead of Tucker. Bergeron's a couple points right behind that, and they're really all within striking distance. Um, 
So next race, I believe they finished it out at Charlotte. Should be a really good one to see who wins that $10,000. Yeah, I watched uh, the Lima Land. Uh, this track, they seemed to struggle as far as where the, the groove was. They were all over the place. And like you said, there seemed to be a lot of contact, uh, incidental contact and whatnot. But uh, pretty good racing at the end. But it, didn't, you know, it was kind of follow the leader once they got uh, lined up. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tight, tight bullring track. You could make it work on the bottom, and you could make it work up top, but you really you kind of just meet in the center on the straightaways, and early on they were going 3-4 wide coming off the corner and just funneled down into into a mess a couple times, and it's, uh, it's one of those things I think the incident with Kendall Tucker, it was unfortunate. I think it could have been avoided. Um, I'm curious to see um, who's in the race next week, and... Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things, the new damage model, if we ever get it to dirt, I know we haven't seen any footage or anything of it, it's one of those things where it's just, in real life, what happened wouldn't have been a big deal, but because iRacing is the way it is, it wrecked the car a little worse than it should have been, so. Right. All right. Porsche Esports Super Cup, off till September 14th. Martin, how come we have this big jump in the, or big gap in the schedule? Do you have any idea? Um, I think part of it is because of the Sim Racing Expo, uh, okay. and uh, then also Build Week. So I want to race in Build Week usually, at least previously in the, in the F1 WCS back then. Uh, we usually avoided Build Weeks just to have not uh, any weird stuff happening uh, because of unforeseen bugs or whatever might happen in Build Week. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to the final run uh, for the Porsche Esports Super Cup. It looks like Josh is in the catbird seat to win it so we'll have to see if he can uh, finish it off all right uh david the uh, nascar ignite series update okay the ignite series is in the playoffs uh, so they're now running in the sk modifieds uh we've completed two races and have two to go before the championship race parker restliff has been making it hard on everybody else he's won the first two races in the sk um, and Hunter O. Johnson is still hanging in there with 22 points. And, there, and it's important to remember that only 30 of the, fighter, five of the 50 drivers are going to get to run at Martinsville for the chance to win that $10,000. And tonight, I believe, they'll be running at Thompson Speedway. Okay. And uh, Greg, you got the next one. iRacing Facebook was, is down. Still down. Uh-oh. iRacing Facebook page is gone. No, it looks like um, from what uh, we were reading here, uh, Randolph Chanworth had posted on uh, one, or commented on one of the posts here that he was streaming the Ignite race, and what they think happened was um, iRacing has uh, an auto, or sorry, fa uh, Facebook has the auto copyright, and the, it uh, when they were streaming, um, they think it picked up something in it and it took it down for some reason. But uh, there was a post in uh, from Kevin uh, Bobbitt. Uh, he's aware of the, they're aware of the issue and uh, they're working to resolve it with Facebook. So it might just be down because of the same issue that the F1 um, happens with F1 stuff that gets shown on there too. They're just really strict copyright laws. Yeah. But man, it's been seven days. Uh, and trying to get Facebook to fix something like that doesn't happen. There's no one to call or anything like that. So, 
but even a big company, you know, semi-big, you know, iRacing, uh, they can't even get their page fixed within seven days. I wonder how long it'll actually take. Don't you just have to talk into your phone and then it'll show up? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Will, don't count your laps. Yeah, Tyler Hudson posted up a poll in the forums this week talking about new setups for the heat racing and different formats they're looking to go to. And with some information kind of snuck out or he kind of let it out. People were talking about, are we going to have uh, caution laps continue to count on dirt, which uh, traditionally caution laps do not count. And uh, Tyler Hudson said um, they're going to continue to count with this build, but fingers crossed it should be taken care of by the end of the year. So um, for all the dirt racers out there that hate those caution laps counting, that should be resolved hopefully by 4-2020. Soon. All right. Um I'll take this one. It's the mass disconnect for the Australians. And so we had reports that several Australian drivers were disconnected from their racer from their races at the same time this past week. The session in question was Le Mans on August 15th. Apparently it's been happening frequently since the last update. And so uh, we did hear from iRacing. They said there were three issues that caused it. Uh, there was a DDoS attack involving one of AnyCast other customers. AnyCast is one of the uh, transit providers. Uh, there was a small window where AnyCast normal mitigations allowed that DDoS to end. This issue has been fixed. And number three, there was a quality of service setting for the sub-C circuits was set incorrectly. Proper setting has been updated and should improve service. If we're still having issues, let us know. So, internet's not perfect, guys. I guess uh, a mass disconnect can happen. David, uh, we got an update about Xfinity cars. If you like to drive the B car, you may be excited. Uh, Greg Gress put out a post uh, that for the fourth, for season four, 2019, they're going to be releasing all three of the Xfinity cars with the iRacing service. Uh, the, the Mustang, the Chevrolet Camaro, and the Toyota Supra will be priced at $11.95 each. Um, anybody who purchased its pre predecessor within the last 24 months, and in the case of the Supra, that that includes the Camry, they're going to be granted these cars for free. Furthermore, anyone who purchased a predecessor prior to two years also get a five. They, well, instead, they get a five dollar credit. The previous versions of the cars are going to be made free and listed with archived in their name, and they're also now making the Kia a free car. And but they're offering no credits for this car, so new B cars, all three coming out next build. So I was wondering how iRacing was going to handle when they have to release three identical cars or three cars at the same time. And although I like what they've done with the two-year thing again, it's unfortunate that now everyone's going to have to buy one of those cars. Like if you like the Mustang or the Camaro. You're only if you didn't, you know, you had it originally when it first came out. You're only gonna get a five dollar credit. I mean, it's something, but so this is showing what's gonna happen next year, or years to come when they have to switch over to a new car for um, the Cup Series or anything like that. When they gotta release all three of them at the same time or whatever, how many manufacturers there are? Well, with the five dollar credit, it's only seven bucks, you know, so it's kind of a heavy discount. And most of us at this point are pretty much in the automatic discount uh, 
zone is true. Well. Now, does it is it for all three? Like, if you had all three cards, you get five dollars credit for each one, or just five in total? I think it's just five if you would buy one, right? Any of the cars that you own, the way I read it, any of the cars that you previously owned, if it was over two years ago, it's a $5 credit. And that's better than has happened in some of the past because there was a, uh, I don't recall which car it was, but there was a, a, a car recently where I did not get a credit for, I think it was the truck, uh, because I had a truck from a long time ago and then they put out the new truck. Um, I didn't, didn't get any kind of credit for it. I'm looking forward to the Supra. The Supra's a nice car, so, but... Uh... See how how it is received with just a five dollar credit. I don't run B, so too too concerned about this myself. So, all right, let's keep moving. Uh, we we finally heard an update from Mr. Michael Main. We've talked about him before. He is the owner of uh, Main Performance PC. That's who I bought my Obudo cockpit from, as well as my Sim pedals. Um, Anyway, uh, he put up a story here on the f uh, forums, and basically uh, he said a former employee hacked and robbed him of all his money and his computer parts. The former employee has disappeared from the house that Michael helped him get when first moving to work for him. Michael was also in a car crash that hurt his back and neck and still has the cancer and medical bills associated. He's still looking into the ventures for his main simulations, which was uh, the company he was trying to get off the ground with all the capital he announced earlier this year. So uh, if you want to read more into the story, that's just an overview. Um, he did post quite a story up about uh, this ex-employee and what he got away with, which uh, sounds like a lot. Uh, he did mention that he had to cancel a, a couple of computer orders, including uh, Mr. Hammers, I think, was one of them. And we were talking about that before. Uh, but apparently uh, those customers got their money back uh, in, in that situation. And so all that was been, uh, been taken care of, I guess. Okay, Greg, he's money. And this makes... I showed a, uh, a video like this with my daughter doing this, but watching... Uh, Cash Boyer uh, on uh, was it U Racing Simway uh, posted on their um, their Twitter page Cash using one of the rigs um, at a, it looks like Eldora Speedway I'm guessing um, and he's racing on Eldora but uh, man he can he can't reach the pedals but he ob he obviously can wheel a car so uh, it looks like uh, He's going to take after his father. So it looks like the next generation is uh, ready to go. Well, it's the look on his face. He's got the furled brow and he looks all serious, you know, he's like Clint does when Clint's up on the wheel, you know. He, he definitely looks like his dad. But, he's, but he can wheel it too. Like he was, he was getting around there. Well, he's so tiny. Uh, he, his, his, for a little friend, he's sitting on his friend's lap. His friend is running the gas and the brake. And Cash is steering the wheel, so it's, um, it must be hard between the two of them. I wonder if he had the four seed back turned up to 100. All right. Awesome, though. Yeah, he's going to be a, a, a NASCAR racer for sure, I bet. All right, David, Barcelona inbound. Another post from one of our staff members. Uh, well, not one of our staff members, but one of iRacing staff members. Uh, Greg Hill tweeted out a picture of the new track, uh, Barcelona, I think. I don't think they've said they're definitely going to get it out this 
build, but they're hoping to. Uh, it's always fun to learn a new track and kind of be on a little bit more equal footing with some of the other guys who've run those tracks for years. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be buying it. Well, remember, it? they have that event uh, that they're doing, I think, in, what well, was it, Brazil, where they're going to use the track early before it's released. Is it just me or is it ironic that they're even using the hashtag soon in their own Twitter pages? <laughs> well, they, well they, they make no bones about the fact that they'll take their time to make sure that they do the best they can to do something right instead of rushing things into release. Uh, and they do a great job at it. I'm not poking fun at it. I, I'd rather them take their time than, uh, and do it right than have to bring it out and then take it back. Okay, uh, Martin, uh, you're from you're in Ger uh, Germany. Uh, uh, in Germany, uh, tell us what you think about having a track like Barcelona added to the service. Well, it's a GP track after all, and I think the sim has been mainly lacking those in, in the past. If, if we look at the schedule uh, for either the F1 WCS in the past or now the Esports Super Cup, uh, we are racing tracks that are. Uh, not really F1 tracks. If, if we say have Road America or Sebring on a schedule, those are tracks that are good to race on. But uh, if we had Barcelona, I'm sure Barcelona would have been on there and we would have a schedule that is more true to life. Same goes for the Super Cup. I think in the Super Cup, they also drive in Barcelona uh, as a yeah a support race for the F1 GP. And yeah, having that track available should be good. Uh, high profile GP track to. Yeah, it'll be good for you guys to race on for sure. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that in the next build. It also should have quite a few layouts, uh, I think. Uh, maybe for, for smaller cars like a Skippy or so, uh, club layouts. Uh, at least the, the track itself would allow for it. Um, that should be good for pretty much uh, all types of racing. Uh, for road racing at least. All kinds of classes in terms of speed. I'll definitely be making use of your uh, tutorials and and telemetry on VRS when when it comes out. If uh, anytime the uh, LMPs go there, right? Yeah, I'm sure that'll make the schedule. So, all right, uh, Will, uh, tell us uh, Ty wins again. Yeah, Ty Majeski's out there uh, tearing up in Wisconsin. He picked up two wins. It looks like this past week, one at Madison International and one at Lacrosse Speedway. Um, he's out there in the showing off the iRacing colors and getting it done, which is uh, really, really good to see. Um, I know we haven't heard any more news about him coming over to the NASCAR side, but he's still showing that he can get it done. Yeah, he deserves a ride, that's for sure. Oh, man, he is getting it done. I love it. He's winning in iRacing colors. That's what's so cool. Yeah, and uh, more uh, real-life racing when meeting iRacing, we had uh, Timmy Hill. He's a NASCAR driver, also races in the Peak P7, right? Yeah, he uh, picked up P7 this uh, week in uh, Bristol. So, really good run for him and his team. It's a, uh, I think, man, that dude races. He races Pete Trucks, Xfinity Cup. He uh, He's out there doing a whole lot. But uh, now he was on the Door Bumper Clear podcast and talked about his time in the, uh, in the uh, race at Bristol and also his time spent running Peak. Yeah, I list the door bumper clear. I was a little disappointed. They didn't talk too much about iRacing. Uh, I was more focused on the real stuff, but uh, it was good to hear from Timmy and hear. It, it's interesting how busy he is, and he fits in the peak schedule uh, on top of that, and uh, that's what's amazing. Yeah. Well, and doesn't he own the truck that he drives too? Right, and, he's yeah, so all, he, and he works on and it And he too. builds it because he was making a comment about that he tore up the fender on the truck on... 
what did they run Thursday night or Wednesday night or whatever last week? And it's going to take just to repair it before the next time they race is going to be interesting. Yeah. When they go over everything he does, you would think a peak would be the first thing I would take out of that schedule if it was me, but he still does it and shows up. And I wish they would have went into more detail if that was just something he was passionate about or if it's something he uses to get extra practice because he is a busy man and you would think peak would be the first thing he would take off that list, but he's still dedicated and keeps showing up. Well, I think he has racers. Some... They love racing. Yeah. Well, and... He has some good teammates that are providing him the setup, so he doesn't have to make his own sets. Well, and the other thing is, is it's another, you know, it's seat time that he doesn't have to pay, you know, absorbent amount of time with, right? Like it, or cost, he can just get on a track and race and just, you know, do what he wants to do, even if it's a hobby or like for it being a hobby for him and then competing in the peak on top of that. It's a little off topic, but it was really interesting hearing what the concerns are of a, um, an underfunded team. And uh, so I enjoyed that part of this, the interview as well. Yeah. He never buys new tires. He always buys used tires. And he weigh, and he outweighs like, or he weighs um, when he's driving is this pass make worth making tearing the car up or just staying where he is so he doesn't have cost incurred for the next race or he, you know has to miss a race because he can't make it because he tore up a car all right uh next up uh we got the dale jr download uh william byron interview and they did a entire segment about iRacing uh greg now this i'm sure this week was probably the most downloaded one uh, in general, because everyone was waiting to hear from Dale about what went on last week, but uh, he was had a little message at the beginning, but the rest of it. But uh, the William Byron, it was interesting to have William Byron uh, Byron's perspective on. Um, he he was talking about he was labeled as the sim racer. That's not what he you know he he came in as the sim racer, but that's not what he wanted to be known for. He, he embraces the label, but. Um, he now, but he didn't like it before. Um, he also talked about how Steve Myers wanted him to become an owner in the peak side and it intrigued him um, for a while, but he, he hasn't done anything about it yet. Um, but it seemed like Dale was kind of pushing him to actually do it. Um, and it, yeah. like, he was kind of agreeing like maybe he would. Maybe maybe it's something he does next year. Maybe, maybe you know, you also got to think like, you know, he's pretty busy trying to get that car competitive, right? So you don't know what he's doing. It sounds like he he's learning a lot. Like even when he was talking about his his uh, learning with Chad Knauss and trying to grow that, um, he's a very bright individual. He's still going to school too, which he was talking about. So um, he was also saying that he he liked that he saw the race um, being broadcasted on NBC. Um, they did bring up. I don't know if this was the first time it's been announced or it was. I think there. it was. They announced that they were going to run the final peak race on NBC, so so they get to we get to watch the the uh, final race of the season on national TV. So that's even more exciting to watch the championship. We kind of thought they were going to do that when they announced those four races, but now Dale says it's happening. So, which means they would be having that on a prime time Tuesday night, right? Because it's nine o'clock, right? They're not going to change the start time. So yeah, it's, like, it's NBC SN, not NBC, but but still, it's still a network that could, you know, 
if it's a good race, I'm sure it'll get it could get syndicated or broadcasted again, right? Yeah. Like, um, but it was just nice to hear. Dale seems to be pushing the aspects of talking about the sim racing when he has a guy that's involved in the sim racing world on there more. Um, it seems like some of the other podcasts they avoid talking about it with other di- with other drivers. They just talk about racing or something else in general. But Dale really does embrace the i racing culture and and talking about it. So it's good to do that. Um, the other thing we took from it is William Byron also talked about, um, you know, he looked up to, you know, Ray, Fa- Ray Fallow because of how many championships he's won. And, and, and Dale back in the day um, got him going. He, he learned from Dale uh, over the time. So it was nice to just get that interview. Um, like I said, it was probably one of the most anticipated downloads, but not for the reason of you know, obviously William Byron talking on it. It was actually one of the questions we always ask our guests. Uh, when did you first learn about iRacing was kind of the question, I think. But he said it, he had heard it from D- actually Dale talking about it on TV or something. Um, uh, when it was when Ray Alfala had won his first time and had gone to Homestead the first time. And that's when he said he really kind of, you know, got involved. But, yeah, it was interesting. And, and the, the thing is, is the label as the sim racer who made it to Cup he he always uh, William Bryant Byron was saying that you know I'm a legends driver that moved my way up into late models and super lates and then cut you know on up to cup and I just happened to do i racing you know at the same time and so he doesn't see it as oh I was a sim racer and that gave me an opportunity and now I'm a real racer that's not the way it went down is what he's been saying so that is kind of a misnomer and I think that label is probably unfairly been applied to him but i think dale was saying you know embrace it you know uh, i i'm not i'm a retired driver now we need an active driver who embraces that uh, kind of thing with the esports and i think dale was encouraging him to uh to try to get involved in the esports uh, ownership it was very interesting i enjoyed listening to it uh, this week do you think who do you think he would work with like obviously a lot of these drivers go with another person do you think he like I know he was talking about he maybe was going to go with Steve Letarte too, right? Like that was kind of a connection. But um, where do you think he could end up if he did own it? Do you think he could work with another person, or do you think he'd do it solo? Or do you think Hendrick might eventually get involved? Yeah, it's hard to say because <laughs> the race team alliance and all the money over there with the heat and the inter- you know conflict of interests with that, and who knows. All right, David, we got a release for the beta. Yes, you can go and check the notes out if you'd like to see the details, but they're continuing to tweak at the beta interface. Check the patch notes out if you want to see see some of the details. One of the highlights is that it, they seem to improve something with the interface that deals with multi-class racing and lining the cars up in the class. It uh, can be pretty scary if you jump in what's supposed to be an IMSA race, and you, you like I guess if you fail to qualify, say, in a in a c7 and it sticks you behind all the gt3s at the very beginning that's a, a very hairy situation to be in yeah all right uh greg we got a video on the new audi rs3 lms tcr and once again i racing um alexander horn posted the video but uh who's who's behind the videos again i'm trying to yeah it's, Hor- it's, it's Horn. is it horn is okay so what a beautiful video, and and this time, 
they did the the you know they did the, they did their cinematic part at the beginning and then they and then they did something a little bit different here they actually let the car speak for itself at the end by running around Donington and you could just hear this is a, a really uh, a four cylinder turbocharged car and they got the sound it, it sounds really good you can hear the turbo and and you can see um, the interior of the car obviously but I just for me it's the sound of the car is just uh, when I saw this video uh, go up on our messenger I, I really enjoyed listening to the uh, the sound of the car so this will obviously be a car that I will be uh, purchasing um, and it's nice because they didn't do any music there too so you could just hear the raw engine noise um, uh, they're also introducing the iRacing IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge series um, so that's their new series that they're uh, going to be running in so that'll be interesting um the videos uh are superb uh the intro is kind of a matrix kind of look to it you know and it's got this very cinematic look like you said and then yeah at the end it goes into a whole different style but it's neat because you get to hear the car and see it go through the track take note of the sequential shifter that's sticking up there that looks pretty cool well, and that's the old style sequential still, right? So that's the pull lever shifting, which is awesome. For is really um, a fun way to drive. It does list here also that it's the new audio work uh, from the sound team. So does that mean that's the new audio stuff that they're doing for that sound engine they're creating? Well, I don't know. I'm guessing it might be. Yeah, they also Instagrammed uh, some really high-end uh, or high-quality pictures, stills, of the car as well. And it's a beauty. And with the way things have happened with Porsche this year, I mean, anything could happen now. I mean, I'm just going to say, for instance, what if it was Audi uh, who stepped up and put up 100000 for the for, uh, you know world championship? Could this be the car that uh, Martin and everybody could be running? Never know. But uh, as far as we know, I mean, you know, Porsche is going to continue into next year, but we haven't heard anything otherwise. All right, uh, let's keep moving. Will, what do you guys do away from the racetrack? Yeah, Todd Gilliland posted up on Twitter saying, what do you guys do away from the racetrack? And he said, uh, well, I do iRacing. And he posted up a little video of him and his buddies on iRacing. They got a really nice setup. It looks like they got some, it's uh, the fast track sim rigs, but it looks like uh, Carolina uh, SimWorks set them up, and uh, it's three beautiful rigs in a room, and I just love the way it's edited, put together. They're taking it seriously. They're wrecking at one point. Music in the background, and right at the end, when they zoom out on everything, it's uh, just super quiet. Um, it's kind of funny when they cut the music off, but a really cool put-together video of uh, Todd Gilliland showing off. He does iRacing as well. What a setup they got, and those rigs are not cheap either. Yeah, that's one of my favorite rigs, uh, Fast Track Sims. It's got a 35-inch triple monitor setup. I mean, that thing is probably one of the nicest sim rigs out there. And uh, it's got three of them lined up in a row having some fun. And a beast computer, too, for each one. So it looks like they're up on top inside their shop. Like, it looks like they're on an upper level inside a yeah, shop. Yeah, it's like a commercial building. Yeah. But... <laughs> Is, are, are you sure these three weren't the guys that were testing out the damage model uh, last week, just crashing the way they were going there? Well, it looks like they're having fun. Uh, Mazdas. 
Well, that's pretty cool. Da uh, Todd Gelliland is the uh, son of David Gelliland, who used to be a cup driver, and Todd is in the truck series. All right, next up is another truck driver, Anthony Alfredo. He put up a video on his uh, YouTube uh, called, he called, goes from virtual to reality. And this is an interesting video because it shows him switching back and forth from what it looks like uh, visually while he's uh, iRacing to what it looks like when he's in his actual truck. And uh, he wears his actual, you know, NASCAR helmet with his GoPro camera that's attached to the helmet in both scenarios. So, um, so you get the same angle, so to speak. And uh, what do you guys think? I, I thought it was pretty interesting how uh, it looks so similar. I, he even did a, a foot shot that showed the pedals uh, on both the real truck and the sim and uh, very comparable visually. Man, and triples look nice. They are. I mean, triples are the way to go for sure. Yeah, you know, I don't agree. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's keep moving. David, Mo Money, Mo Problems. So we got a website that tracks the prize money that iRacing has based on the World Championships prize pools and top players. It also shows the top countries offline and uh, their online and offline listings. Okay. This is interesting. Uh, Esportsearnings.com. And if you scroll down, you'll see the top players in iRacing. And uh, guess what, uh, Martin? Your name is on the list. You're sitting third. And it says you have a total winning of $36,601.26. Yay. All right. Not enough to make a living on, though, right? Uh, unfortunately, not yet. Um... I mean, if we look at how price pools are evolving in the last couple of years, uh, well, specifically this year, um, you could make a living out of it uh, nowadays. I think reason for Porsche eSports Super Cup, I think the winner gets 40 or so? 46 or, yeah. See, I think the one thing that hasn't been awarded yet is obviously the NASCAR Peak Series one hasn't been awarded this year, so that'll bring that up. But yeah, also... and, and the Formula one, and the a Porsche one too. Oh, it's not over then too. Yeah. So there's obviously going to increase there, but I think the thing that's going to, you're, you're going to have prize money, but I think the things in the future with the sim racing that's going to drive it is the sponsorships. That's where you're going to be making as a driver is where you want to try. And I think is where the money's going to be at because this is over, you know, you've been competing all season, season, right, Martin. So, you know, you get, unless there's a, a big increase per race, winnings you got to wait all season to possibly have a big earnings i think the money's going to be at is if someone attaches their name as a sponsor to you right yeah personal sponsor yeah i mean both ways work I mean, with the prize money it's always a, the thing uh you have to wait for a long time and it's kind of an uncertainty uh especially when it comes to making a living out of it uh with, with how the prize money is structured uh at least in the Porsche super cup now you kind of have to win it in order to make a living out of it. If you don't, if you're not winning it, then uh, yeah, uh, the money you get from P2 and lower down, uh, it's nice money, of course, but uh, it's not enough to make a living of. Right. So that's in. Is that in American money? That's obviously American dollars, right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Probably. I think price prices are always paid in uh, U.S. dollar. Okay, so then 
how does that compare for you to conversion then? Is it, is your, I don't know what the conversion in German to American would be. I don't exactly know how the uh, conversion rate is right now. Uh, I think it's somewhere around 1.1 or so. So okay, uh, close. Yeah, I have to divide it by 1.1. 1. 1, uh, okay, and so then also the transaction fee over the bank, and then also tax and whatnot. So it is a nice uh, bonus to have that, though. That for sure, yeah. So I'm going to read off a few of the uh, top numbers here. Uh, number one, Gregor Hutu, 62,000. Ray Alfala, 51,000. Martin Kroenke, 36. Mitchell DeJong, 24. Alex Bergeron, 17. Michael Conti, 17. Hugo Luis, 16. Kenny Humphy, 15. Richard Towler, 14. Richard Towler was the original peak uh, winner, I believe. Ryan Luza, 13. Max Beneke, 12. Max Winnig, 10. And Tyler Hudson, 10. Pretty cool to see it in numbers. Uh, neat website, esportsearnings.com. And I went and f uh, searched iRacing, and they have a specific page for it. But they do have uh, trackings of all the esports. And it looks like the biggest uh, one is called Honor of Kings World Championship. They have over $2 million in prizes. How do they get that kind of cash? Wow, that's the real question. All right, Greg's. we got a neat video of seven streamers in the same race on the same video. So does anybody want the Brady Bunch? Um, anyways, <laughs> so SimSpeed Television uh, on their YouTube page uh, posted up a video for the V8 Super Cup um, at Road Atlanta, I guess 500-mile race. And having the different views of the streamers and then the live race in the center at the top and it's it's very well done. It's interesting to see the different perspectives of all the drivers. You know, some of them are still in the race, some of them are out at certain points. Um, it's just uh, it's a well done video. Um, it's a different perspective. Of, yeah. I'm wondering if you know this would be something you know that maybe the peak should uh, think about during when they get the streaming feeds. Yeah, um, and the sound was kind of neat too. The to hear all the different streams at the same time, you know, as they uh, are racing, and um, yeah, it's kind of a unique perspective. The worst, the only thing that's they got to be careful of is if they're using the streams, they they got to watch the they got to be careful of language, right? Now this is a YouTube channel called Bathurst Bloke. Check him out, Will. Malik and Jimmy get to drive. Yeah, peak drivers Ray Malik and uh, Jimmy Mullis, they did some um, racing or driving out at Charlotte in a Legends car. Um, they posted it up on Twitter, and uh, Bubba Wallace was there to kind of help coach him and get him up to speed. And I saw he posted a video, I believe, on his Twitter, uh, kind of poking fun at him a little bit about sim racing versus real racing. But um, it looks like they did good, ran good. And uh, Jimmy looks like it's not his first time in one of these cars uh, i think it was malik's first time ever in an actual race car so it looks like they uh, had a good time yeah and it was pretty neat to see bubba take the time out to go uh with these guys and uh do this with them nascar just about a, two hours ago put up a facebook story i think they call it uh that showed the video of all the event it was a really well done 
but it gives NASCAR content in the middle of the week on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, they love stuff like this to be able to post, so it, it works out for them too. Yeah, there didn't seem to be really any reason for it um, other than just marketing and having some extra content to put out, so it's cool these guys are getting some seat time, and uh, I think it's great to have these peak drivers and cup drivers working together. Yeah, I think Sunico Racing had something to do with it. Uh, Sunico was posting on Twitter about it. They said there's more videos to come, so I think they're going to have some other videos, maybe some in-car and whatnot. All right, next, David. Uh, Jared Fassell shows off tracks. Yeah, we were recently speaking about how it's so easy to get off tracks at Spa. Uh, you know, you sneeze at a curb and it, it gives you a 1x. That's not the case here. Uh, you can skip to 134 in this video and just see just how far you can take it off the edge of the track at this track and not get the 1x. Uh, it's a pretty far out there. And this is a VRS video. Yep, all the VRS videos, they, that they, they basically will talk you through every turn and they'll tell you that it's really nice. They tell you how what a good breaking point is whether it's a whether the entrance or the exit is more important in that particular corner it's a, it's always very helpful okay yeah and this isn't uh the normal you pay for videos normally with vrs they put this up on their facebook uh, for everybody to see for free all right uh greg we got a poll has sim racing made you a better driver on normal roads i think we uh covered this about once a year, somebody yeah. puts up a post <laughs> asking, you know, does the sim racing, do you feel like it translates over to your own personal driving in your own vehicle, I guess, to, uh, the people racing too and stuff like that? Um, so I answered yes on it. I don't know how you guys found. I drive yes. for a living, so, like, <laughs> I make a living off of driving, but mine consists of being at 140,000 pounds every day. Uh every day with full loads of lumber. So um, as it may be a better truck driver, maybe, maybe a better car driver in like slippery conditions, like in the snow, I could, here in Canada, you could feel, you could feel the car a little bit, but you know, it, it's hard to translate uh, until something actually happens that, oh, it clues you in that you did it, right? What I like about these posts are once a year, like you said, is everyone has a story about uh, how it affected them. And it's kind of neat to read through the, the thread and, and listen to everyone's little story about, oh, I almost wrecked and I did it because you know, I practiced on iRacing and I kick ass, you know. That's what I like about these. But, yeah, we do hear about these once in a while. But I think it's helped and whatnot better, maybe, because you've had, you know, some kind of exposure to it. I just think anytime for for anybody in general when you're driving or sim racing or anything, time behind the wheel is always better, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah, you're gonna get better at something or you're gonna you're gonna notice something faster than you would if you've if you're put in that situation, right? All right. Let's keep moving. Next the iSchedule app giveaway we did last week. Uh, we had 20 winners. Uh, you should have received your code. We're actually looking for these people uh, to message us so we can get your code out. Uh, at Doc Ors, at Tgrove09, and at SK Sim Racing One. 
So hit us up, guys. We'll get you the code. There's three left. We got to get those codes out. All right, Greg, uh, we got a track map for Nürburgring. So Greg West posted a very detailed picture of the Nürburgring. Um, I guess uh, he was trying to uh, practice it in the IndyCar, uh, and he was trying to figure out uh, where he's shifting and and what to do. So he kind of just got this track map. I don't know where he got it from, um, one of the sites, but uh, the map is a very detailed version of the whole track. It shows... Uh, can't get it to blow up here, but uh, it shows details for each corner, what the line should be, and what gearing you should have. Um, the name of the corner. Yeah, the names of the corner. Uh, just anything that uh, you need to know about that track. And there's even like dip. Like if there's a dip, there's uh, obviously the markings for all the curbs and then um, ground and stuff like that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to learn all the names of the corners, but I imagine some people know it, you know, know them all. Well, there's that, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. There's a very famous girl over there that uh, she takes people around that track. Um, trying to remember her, her name is now, though, but anyways, she knows this track uh, in her sleep. She can do it. All right, that's on the forums under uh, forum post, no throw and go challenge. Martin, uh, just, uh, Martin, what's the name of, uh, what's her name again? Sabine Schmitzi. Oh, Sabine. Yeah, yeah Sabine, yeah, that's exactly what uh, I was thinking of. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah, check out that track map. David, can you create a second account if you are banned? Nope. Okay. It's pretty simple. That's the that's the gist of it. In fact, they will track every IP that you've logged in from and even block those IPs. So, like, if you went to a friend's house and raced over to his house, you could possibly get them blocked as well. Okay. So, but we've had reports of this happening, haven't we? Yeah, uh, not that I'm aware. I'm sure there's things that slip through the cracks that they catch eventually, but probably for the first couple of days, I'm sure, or first little bit, it's probably not caught it's probably a it, reactive thing and not a proactive thing well they can ban ips but i mean you can get around that i guess doing vpns but then that's going to create latency i don't know but my point like is, is maybe, maybe they don't know about it unless they go looking for it is what i'm saying so you're saying like if you know you got kicked out and then i'm like, just saying if you got kicked out you could probably go start immediately and they would let you do it and nobody would know the better but if somebody protested that and they went looking, then they'd realize what happened. Yeah, and then you're, yeah. But when you're, definitely... when you're banned, they don't just block the account. They block your IP address. Oh, okay. I see. That makes sense. Okay, thanks for that correction, David. And what if you have, like, an automatic IP like most people? Um, that They can set it with the range, and like I said before, um, if you, let's say I was over at Brent's house and ran uh ran a few races there and logged in or even let's just say that somebody's out of town and they need some help getting a license up for some reason and they give you your password and ask you to help help them get their license up and in an event uh at that point that ip is 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 tracked and if that person then turns around and gets banned you can get blocked from being able to get on to even with your account that you normally use at home 
Okay. Let's jump into hardware software. Uh, Sim Experience is having a summer sale on, oh, my favorite thing, the GS5 uh, seat. This is that motion seat that has the flaps that push against your back and thighs. And it's on sale for $350 off through the last day of summer, September 23rd. Promo code is EOSS. I'm tempted. It gives you six DOF G-Force motion cues for only $2,649. What I like about this seat is you can bolt this onto your existing stuff and it's a real easy upgrade. You know, you're not doing D-Box and doing all this other crap. David, if you do that, if you do get one of those seats, you're pretty much set with your, your setup. Yeah, I, I really like the current Sparko seat. I guess I could turn around and sell it. Uh, but boy, that is that is a nice seat. I don't I don't know that I want to just mess with the butt kickers, but I'm tempted just for the immersion with it with the VR. Yeah, I've heard that really good things about that seat. Nice. Okay, so now's the time if you want to get the sale. All right, Will, how about racing rivals? Yeah, Racing Rivals is an application uh, for iRacers who like to discover all manners of interesting stats and facts about their online racing history. Um, I was actually trying to download and set it up before I get the topic came up, but I'm still in the process. But uh, it uh, looks like you could look up drivers who have never beaten you, who have never finished ahead of you, um, even if they've raced with you 50-plus times. Um, you could kind of put your friends on a study list and see who's the best out of them there. So it's really just a tool to dig deep into the iRacing stats and pull out whatever information you're looking for. This would be an interesting thing to go over our team with. Yeah, there's a forum post that went with this. I, I think I lost that, but it was the forum post was, who is your racing rival? So this app will like pair up a particular person that kind of matches up with you, and that was the topic of the forum and you would post who that person is now i downloaded i think we lost your mic oh sorry about that uh new button new wheel so uh but uh yeah i think it's a paid application i think so that maybe that's why it's not working for me but i couldn't get it to work so will i don't know if you had a chance but uh it sounds kind of neat uh when you look at it and the screenshots of it all right, let's keep moving. David, the most radical sim on earth. Yeah, it's an appropriate title considering you, when you're looking at this chase, this chases that the sim rig is set in, and it looks like the radical. It's it is cool. a radical. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, it's a review for a sim, and I'm sorry, I pulled the notes off. Um, it's a sim pit review of a CXC custom radical motion sim, and it's actually on a cruise ship. That's a gaming cruise that includes racing sims. I didn't know there were gaming cruises. Now I know what cruise I want to go on next. Isn't this the same one that has the go-kart track? Yeah, they have a go-kart track yeah. and they have a this, CXC motion sim. This is a new one that's been popping up the last... I think they, the, they've just been started advertising for it, David. That's why you haven't heard about it. So they, yeah. had, they have a F1 car kind of one on a ship already. And so yeah. this is one they're developing for another Norwegian cruise line. It's full motion, it's got uh, valve headset, seatbelt tensioners, and wind simulators. It's pretty neat. 
uh, I mean, they went out and bought an actual race car. Then they converted it into a motion situation. And then, you, you know, you're sitting in it with VR. It's pretty cool how it moves around. But uh, pretty neat opportunity for uh, the guy over at the Sim Pit to go down there and try that out as they're uh, building that that uh, that cockpit out. Um, I was surprised at how much motion is move. I mean, how much it moves that big old car. It's got to be something custom they built. I mean, their normal you know i racing cockpit wouldn't handle that kind of weight. All right. Next up I have is uh, something that came out today. We don't know the validity, validity, validity of this, but I got an email from Fanatec from the CEO, Thomas Jagermeyer. And uh, it said, Dear Valued Customer, we're writing you because you have a registered account at Fanatec.com. We're always anxious to keep our IT systems up to date Blah, blah, blah. We regret to inform you that our online shop of our company was compromised on a cyber attack the 16th of August, 2019. In the process, the unknown third parties have gained access to parts of our customer database. In this context, personal data of our customers was disclosed to the attackers against our will. We recommend you change your password, not only in our online shop, but also wherever you have used it uh, elsewhere. Now, the email was a little sub subject because not everybody got it. Uh, Dave, uh, Greg, you, David, you guys didn't get it, but I did mine, I, mine came today. I oh, just you got did. It. Yeah, I got okay. one this morning too. Okay, and Bill got it, and I got it. So maybe it is real. Uh, later in the day, we saw an article at kataku.co.uk. Uh, where this uh, website put up that the uh, we lost you in there. Yeah, and that they, uh, you know, had uh, wanted everyone to keep it confidential, and so the article uh, indicated that you know once this is announced, there's you know people are going to talk about it like we are. <laughs> so, so, I, so I guess we were supposed to keep quiet then. That's what the email asked. If you look at the last few sentences, it says, important, keep, please keep the information contained in this email confidential. This reduces the potential for the hacker to be aware of our official communication and gives customers a better opportunity to take necessary steps to inform their credit card providers. Okay, everybody that's listening, don't tell anybody. Well, well the way I look this at happens it is that way uh, all the time. Yeah, our audience is, uh, a lot of them use Fanatec, obviously. So uh, we are getting the word out. I'm not worried about it. I used PayPal when I did my business with them. So I think I'm safe as far as that goes. So did I. I think at the time it forced you to do PayPal when I did mine. Um, actually, especially with transactions from different countries, I think they go through PayPal. I could be wrong on that, though. But... Uh, it's just unfortunate. Like it, it seems kind of it's it. The wording's kind of weird to make, and it it just seems like it, there wasn't like I know when you first said it, it, there didn't seem to be any truth behind it, and then now it seems like obviously they're all starting to. But why wouldn't if it's a mass email? Why would it go out at different times to different people? It should just go out no matter what. Yeah, there's a Facebook Fanatec 
group I'm involved with, and uh, many people were posting about the email up there. So there's a lot of people that have gotten it. All right, uh, so great. David, tell us about the Reverb V2 available in U.S. Yep, the Reverb is out now. It's an HP product, high quality VR, and the current price is six forty nine. And this has not been readily available in the U.S., I think, until now. Uh, I've been kind of watching the forums, and the people that have been wanting to buy this have had a hard time finding it, and uh, now they are available. Something interesting on the front of the on the front page of of the product is that it uh, actually incorporates Bluetooth into some of the tracking and syncing. All right, Greg, we got another look at the VRS pedals. So on the VRS Facebook page, um, they posted up a quick. It looks like a 15 second or so look around of the pedals and over the years of looking at pedals, they all start looking the same, I guess they're, you know, they're, it's a pedal. Um, it's what, what the pedal does is what differentiates them. So it'll be interesting to see what these, uh, end up becoming like, but they do look like a very good construction. They're all, is that, it looks like aluminum, uh, met, they're made out of aluminum. Um, they got load cell. They're all load. They're one breaks a load cell. They got different types of. There's the obviously the clutch and the gas have a different type of springing mechanism with the brake as well, having its own. So, very nice pedals. Um, can't wait to see uh, them when they finally come out and people get their hands on them. Looks like obviously they're not gonna have a base either. They're mounting to whatever you got. Pedals are free flowing pedals. I don't see the hard rubber gasket kind of things I normally see on these kind of things either. I'm guessing maybe that's Martin was saying that's what he wasn't feeling, right? So that's maybe that um, the feel there is gone. It's they're doing it through a spring and a shock type mess method. Yeah, exactly. The the rubber uh, is sort of acting like a spring on on other solutions and other manufacturers' pedals, and uh, that is done. Uh, that's why there's no rubbers. Okay. And how are you mounting those? How are you mounting them? Uh, is there a plate to put them on? Um, not really. Uh, those have all uh, just uh, similar... Mounting-wise, it's very similar to the Heusingblatt pedals. Uh, just a, um, I don't know exactly what you would call this in English. Yeah. Um, probably just some... Yeah, I guess a slot on uh, each of the four corners of each pedal, and you can mount them to just aluminium profile or to a custom-fabricated plate or whatever. They are, uh, You can position them individually. It's not like... Yeah, in a set uh, sort of three separate pieces. Yeah, yeah, three separate paddles. Uh, you can mount them however you want. Uh, four slots on each pedal, and then you just bolt it to whatever. They got uh, even the VRS letters cut into the side of it, which is kind of neat look to it. All right, so those are coming soon. Uh, Will tell us about Solid Sim Racing Gear. Yeah, we have a, looks like an Instagram post here with a nice will. And if you go to ssrg.eu, um, it's a company that looks like they make custom button boxes and wheels for sim racing. So when you get that new VRS uh, a direct drive motor and you need a new wheel for it, these guys are going to be a great solution. They're 
really nice looking i couldn't find any pricing looks like you have to kind of reach out to them but really high quality build looks like it'd be great for any kind of uh road racing they don't have much for the oval side but um this is a really nice wheel button box here look at the facebook link uh and they're 300 euros is what it looks like uh for the for the road wheels and these are custom and as you scroll down, you'll see some different styles and colors and whatnot. But they, it looks like they're pretty much 300 bucks. It looks like, from what I could tell, the they call it the SSRG Competition 300. Um, oh, I see. That's the name. Now, of it. Okay. when you go to their site, they have two different like button box setups. And one looks like it was about 800 euros. One was about 700 euros. Um, but that looks like it was just for the button box itself without the wheel. It's yeah. like if you reach out to them, they could do some like custom um, graphics that you get different colors for your labels. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, the, the wheel itself is called the Competition Three Hundred. Okay, I knew that was too good to be true. They're prop. I would guess this is a fifteen hundred dollar wheel or something, just by the looks of it. Pretty cool. If it's not priced, it's going to be expensive. Right. Now, I originally found this company because a simulated his custom rim he ordered and it's a grand am road racing replica and just look at the button work on that and the labeling and the the knobs and everything i mean top notch i just the the color the the um the blue color with the way everything's done on it it, it just the accents make it uh with the carbon fiber facing there it just looks really nice uh, it's just well well done, um, and I'm guessing that's a leather wrapped wheel. Yeah, definitely high end uh, stuff here. So check his stuff out. I love that uh, website, and and Facebook is really the way, uh, place to look at all the pictures. It's Solid Sim Racing Gear is what you search in Facebook. All right, Greg, we found another post on Facebook. This one I call DIY Wood Heaven. So we go from the expensive to uh, do-it-yourself projects. So this has been posted on, or people have been posting on the uh, Sim Racing um, Facebook page. Um, they're do-it-yourself wood sim rigs, and there's a bunch of great designs here uh, of the simple to um, the more elaborate ones, um, and. Uh, looks like Tyler Booth uh, on here had posted a bunch of them of how he built his, showing uh, his setup, which is a very, it's well done. Um, and it just gives you all kinds of ideas on here. So if anybody's looking at, you know, trying to save a little bit of money until they can buy a rig or just come up with an idea, um, go to the head to the Sim Racing um, Facebook page um, and uh, you can get some ideas from there. What's interesting about this thread, as you scroll down through the comments, there's literally 50 to 100 different wooden rig pictures, and every single one of them is a different design. And it's just so interesting to see how creative these different designs are. I mean, nobody has anything that's alike. Uh, you know, everyone did something on their own, and boy, you can really tell. Some are sleek and and modern looking and others are just like wow you took a couple nails and hammered some scrap wood together you know do you see the one at the bottom i <laughs> you thought a kitchen uh, counter yeah 
<laughs> the wires are hanging off, and he's got a, cha- a chair with the uh, skinny uh, skinny legs. Yeah. Well, I thought uh, Tony Groves would hopefully be here for this thread, but uh, he missed it this week. All right, next up, uh, Joel Real Timing uh, has posted up a message that said, from September 1st, everyone will need a license to get Joel Real Timing working, no matter the features. It says, trial month, then you need to get a pro license for 25 euros. Uh, those that have already bought a license before September 1st can do updates until September of 2020, even if you bought it two years ago. To extend the updates for an additional year, it's a 10 euros. I now work full-time on JRT. That's why I did these changes. I have a lot of work to do to improve it, and to-do list fills up regularly, etc., etc. So you going to be making a living off of doing working on this i guess it's a good so, program though i use this uh, every time i race i love it it runs on the laptop uh which is down below my triples to the right and i run timing it basically it's timing and scoring and uh i don't update it and i have like an old free version i never have paid for it and it works for me so i'm hoping that if i don't update it then i don't have to buy a license and i can continue to use the free version but it sounds like if you have bought a license you're going to have to pay up again but i do highly highly recommend this app even it it, you know if i have to end up paying for it for it to work i'll do it i will buy it because it has been indispensable Uh, when you're racing and you can glance down and see the the real time timing and scoring and see all the information associated with it it's really valuable okay let's keep moving uh david i race mate all right we have another app that is available in the google play store i'm not sure if it's on uh, apple store as well or itunes um it's iRacing schedules, world records, and race results. It's three forty nine. Looking at a glance at the screenshots, it's a pretty good looking little app. Uh, the world records is interesting, and being able to track how your friends are doing, I suppose, once the race comes out. I'm still holding out for the app that allows me to sign up for a race when I'm, you know, still two minutes from home. Just remote into your computer. Well, I do do that, but this would re- reduce that, though. Right. You wonder it if it's some, something that would go with the beta UI type thing down the road, where it's an interface on your phone that works like the beta UI. Companion app. That would be cool. I did look for this in iOS. I couldn't find it. Um, so this is a Google Play only. iRaceBait. Looks pretty cool from the screenshots. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, next up, results. NASCAR iRacing Series. Last week, let's finish up Bristol. I ran a Thursday fixed P13. Lap 340, I spun on my own and had nine minutes damage. I uh, was running ninth before that. It was a good run up to that point. Uh, but with a 500 laps, man, that's a long race. Friday open, Mason got P20. He said not enough practice. He was slow, involved in a few wrecks, top split. Uh, had a few green flag runs that got me 70 laps down with the damage. It was a 5,000 strength of field. Uh, David, you put, I messed up bad. Yeah, this is probably my worst moment in iRacing. Um, I was already 
uh, damaged. I was down on RPMs and I get dumped by a guy fighting for the lucky dog, I think, or a lucky dog. And I'm turned sideways on the front stretch or the back, one of the stretches. And so I'm not turned sideways, turned backwards. So I've got to get the tur car turned around. And I do this by backing up. And I think, I'm thinking I'm on the, the uh, basically in the middle of the stretch. And I'm thinking as I'm backing up that my, my rear end is going to stick out just a little uh, on the stretch where all the cars are up off off the you know they're exiting and heading up towards the wall so I wasn't expecting anything and I got I just got murdered by some guy uh, or I murdered him is really the better way to put it because it definitely ended his race uh, then I watched the replay and realized I basically get back completely on the track and just completely had no idea I was that far out and it uh, resulted in a nice uh, post in a forum group called iRaging World where the they, there was a lot of pleasantries exchanged, and I suppose I could process that, but I deserved it. So I'll take I'll take the heat. It was a screw up. I definitely didn't do it on purpose, but I think it's definitely one of the worst mistakes I have made in my racing. Well, I mean, you were kind of on the apron. Your nose of the car was on the apron. You were backing up a little bit just so you could do it, but. I've been in the same scenario, you know, it's hard to judge, you know, how far back can you go in the traffic and uh, you just misjudged it a little. I don't think you meant to do it. I, I, I have no doubt I didn't mean to do it and you can hear it if you go watch my stream how surprised I was when I saw how far out I went and then I said it was on me. I de it definitely wasn't my goal trying to get back on the track to just pull out in front of the pack, you know, but it still was a mistake and it cost the guy his race. So I feel bad for that. Yep. And then we had the people that ran good without any issues, and that was me and Greg. Uh, Greg, uh, you take it from here. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> that's I won the race. Um, <laughs> wasn't one of my finer moments winning that race, but uh, I won it. Um, that was an eventful race. I know me and you were up front pretty much most of that race um you were probably didn't have as many problems as i did uh in that race mike because i went two laps down twice in that race if i can remember correctly and you know i just you know i kept i kept my head up and kept going um i kept i was pretty pumped and positive that i could get a good finish if we could just win i i i i, I went into that race very um looking forward to it i was pretty pretty pumped about racing in it i know you were too mike um i know you, the distance always sucks but i was just pumped about racing that race for some reason and i just you know my attitude towards it was pretty positive this week and you know i only raced the one race this week and uh went i won it uh, we had a long green flag run probably what 100 laps there at the end uh, yeah. i can't remember I was fading to near the end, and uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the name of the guy that was coming up on me, but he made a pass on me with two to go, and I touched the wall. And uh, kind of coming off the wall, it got us together, and it shot him off the track. And yeah, so and you won. I won. It's not and the I, way I want. It's not the way I wanted to win, but uh, <laughs> a win's a win's a win. I guess a win's a win. And I got P3. I was not as fast as you guys, but 
I'll take it. Man, I, we, like you said, we ran top five most of the night. I was just badder on the long run. I was good on the short runs. I really needed short runs. But uh, third, I'll take it. I was only going to do the one start of the week because it was 500 laps. And uh, so, so happy to get a P3 and kind of get my I rating back on track. Uh, a good race. And I got to apologize to to Mason. Um, Mason would kept Mason bet me during the week that I bet that we were going to have like a very low caution race and go just because of the mentality I thought would change. But then they upped the incident limit, which changed after we had made the, the thing. I said there was going to be eight cautions in my race and or whatever race I was in. And we had 28 for like 110 laps or something like that. And it, I don't think we finished up till like one in the morning. Yeah, that it, was kind it was of pretty insane. long. But uh, it was a good result for us, and uh, I really need. I really uh, feel like the further we go in the season, the confidence of these tracks are starting to build up for me. All right, well done, good win. All right, let's move to Sunday Open. Uh, David, you got a P five. Yeah, I actually self spun, ended up three laps down, and ironically, I ended up turned backwards, sitting right up against the wall. Do you want to know how many points were in the turn that time? To make sure I didn't pull on the track. It's why I ended up three laps down because I was only I was on the lead lap when I self-spun, and it took me that long to get it turned back around and back up to speed, and no caution came out. Uh, but then I got extremely lucky with the timing of the cautions and the uh, lucky. I got the lucky dog several times. Even the leader was fast. The leader and the second guy were fast. They were putting us lap lap down, and twice he. Um, Right as he passed me, somebody caused a caution somewhere else, and I was the lucky dog, which not only kept me on the lead lap, but put a lot of guys that were close to the same speed as me down a lap. Uh, and it all just worked out, and then there was some carnage at the beginning that I snuck through and came home with a P5 and top split. So that's my best top split finish ever in NIS. All right, good run. Uh, Mason's uh, uh, train wreck continued. Uh, he got wrecked on corner exit three times the same way. A guy outside not leaving him any room for the car on the bottom to exit the corner. And so he just had a rough week. All right. That's, that's got to uh, think positive. Yeah. So we were talking about that in the thread this week. Let's stay positive. Yeah. And uh, those that did got good runs. The irony that you say that is kind of backwards. I was super optimistic about Friday and just got clobbered by mess. And then Sunday, I went in with on my stream with the most negative post I could think of. It's like, who's going to hit me this time? And um, got the and then you got a fifth. Yeah. So I was using the opposite approach. Some of it's circumstance, too. I'm not saying positive attitudes make or break things, but circumstance can always change. Right? Right. Yeah, there's a lot in racing that's just out of your control. All right. Especially, and now we're in I racing. Yeah, off week, and then Darlington is next week. All right. Those results, uh, which are sponsored by iPitting, which makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRatings team progress throughout the season with up-to-the-minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone in your team. So go visit iRating or iPitting.com. Uh, I've got the open set, set standings here up to date. I closed in on Stiber with his rough week. And I'm only two points behind, and Tony is only 14 points behind. And we have a new distant, a couple of new distant contenders. Both Greg and L and Mike are coming in 
only 41 points behind now. Uh, so they, they've definitely closed some of the gap. It's still They're still on the outside looking in, but it's not impossible. And I don't have the fixed points up, up to date. We've, we have not had as many people active in that, and I've got to get back on top of that. I'm closing that gap every week. <laughs> well, Mason's bad week has really helped us, I think. We, our fifth drop week also kicks in, and so it could all shuffle up next week. And we get to go to Darlington. I'm just glad it's not full distance. Uh, okay. Oh, man. All right, the official uh, Lamar, you win, David, again. Yeah, um, picked up another win. I have, I'm having fun in that prototype. Uh, if you just stay clear of stuff, sometimes um, everybody else can take themselves out, and I think this is what happened. There was like six or seven cars in the field, and the ones that were faster than me all got involved in accidents, and so I brought it home. And then Mason ran OSRA League, and his sim crashed, and so that didn't help him much. I ran Carb Cup earlier today and won my first race since I got my new DD1 wheel. Uh, real pleased about that, uh, just to be able to get uh, that breakthrough win, even if it is Carb Cup, on the new wheel, and uh, so I can get it done with both wheels. But uh, that was a good race. I actually put some video highlights on our thread uh, you know, it's a different kind of racing at Daytona in the cup car these days with the new package. And you really got to kind of race a little bit dirty. Well, not dirty, but you have to block if you're the leader. I mean, if you don't, you're not going to win. And I was doing a little blocking there late in the race. The guy thought I ran into the wall. It was close, but I don't think, uh, we were side by side when I went up and kind of pushed him up there. But, uh, I was making some moves and man, it just was a great feeling to come out of there with the win. All right, that's it. Let's jump to final thoughts. David Hall. Once again, I'm sorry to everybody for the, the incident. Didn't mean for it to happen, but it was still a, a very stupid move. Um, so I'll endeavor to be very careful when I get on the track in the future. And uh, it's great. I'd like to thank Martin Kroenke for coming on. Uh, I got to do a session with him back when we were getting ready for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. That was a very enlightening session. I learned a lot about not just some some stylistic mistakes that were going to get bring me some more time, but also just how to really use telemetry in uh, finding those mistakes. That was what really I learned. That was what I learned the most from him was just how to read the telemetry to hunt for where I was messing up, and that's been helpful at Sonoma and Watkins Glen as well in the Cup Car. Yes, you can get coaching from Martin through VRS as well. Uh, all right, Greg Hectus, final thoughts? Uh, haven't done any racing yet this week. I'm looking to this weekend to get some time on. Uh, my two favorite road courses are in the Xfinity and Truck Series this week, so I might get on and do some of those races on the weekend, just run some road course racing. But, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to that. Uh, if I do race, I'll be streaming on my... Uh, my page, uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, uh, frozen with two O's, cactus with two K's. You can also get me, you know, on my uh, Twitter is at frozen cactus as well. So I'm um, just putting that out there. Um, so look forward to getting to Darlington next week and uh, racing. Okay, very good. Will Gibson, final thought? Uh, not a whole lot here. Uh, podcast been kind of boring for me in the last half because i haven't been racing a whole lot i've just sitting here listening to you guys pick up all the wins so um 
I'm gonna try to get some racing in tomorrow. Get some uh, that dirt late model going again, and uh, just looking forward to that. Okay, very good. And special guest Martin Cronkey, thanks for coming on. What are your final thoughts? Uh, not much, really. Just want to say uh, thank you very much for having me on here. Well, we're certainly happy to have a, a three-time world champion with us. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to get to know you a little bit, and you're welcome on any time. So uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, my final thoughts, a uh, couple things. Uh, show notes are can be found in the description of the podcast. So wherever you're listening to the podcast, scroll down, and you'll see the description. You'll see a link to everything, uh, our Twitter, our Facebook, our everyone's individual contact information but one link in there is the show notes and you can click on that and get every link that we've talked about today um, and so that's kind of neat to do is go open the links while you're listening to the podcast and uh, you'll have double the enjoyment uh, the second thing is i got a new toy today it was the uh, emergency stop switch for my fanatec dd1 wheel and I ordered it from a guy named Baj Dada. I'm going to spell his name B-A-J-D-H-A-D-D-A. And if you contact him on Facebook Messenger and ask for an emergency stop switch, he'll sell you one and have it shipped for about $80 U.S. And uh, I can vouch for the quality of it. It is high-end. It is 100% better than the Fanatec product that they're offering for 100 euros. And uh, I like it. It's got a big uh, emergency red stop button. It's got to turn it off. And then it has a lit power button to turn it back on. Comes with a short cord. And I have it in a position by my mouse where I can reach it easily if needed. I've tested it a little bit. It works great. And uh, very happy with the purchase. So really glad that I kind of held out to find something of a higher quality. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.